Okay, so we're going to go ahead and jump into our final lesson for the spiritual disciplines for the Christian life. Uh, tonight we're going to be talking about the spiritual disciplines of journaling and learning. Now you may be saying, wait a minute, those are not spiritual disciplines that I've ever heard of described as spiritual disciplines before. I've, I've maybe never practiced those. Uh, and so we're going to get into it uh, tonight and see why these are important. Uh, and why they are seen in both the scriptures and in uh, church history. And so let's go ahead and just jump into it. Uh, and so although journaling is not commanded in scripture, there's, there's something very much like it, uh, or what we would call journaling that's modeled for us in the scriptures. If you look at the book of Psalms, it's a series of, of songs or letters written to God and to others. And... Uh, in the same way as what we would uh, maybe write a journal uh, entry for ourselves. And so we can see that that is a good example. We can also look at uh, Jeremiah's book of Lamentations, uh, where he's pouring out uh, to God this uh, based on his situation. That would also be an example of journaling. And so uh, God has blessed the use of journals since uh, Bible times. And keeping a spiritual journal can be a valuable aid to maintaining other spiritual disciplines, such as biblical meditation. And so although there are no rules for keeping a journal uh, and, and what all you should do with it, journaling can be fruitful at any level of involvement, but it requires persistence through the dry times, and its value can only be experienced by doing it. In the same way, godly learning is an important spiritual discipline because the more Christ-like we grow, the more we will pursue a full head as well as a full heart. And uh, Proverbs 9, verse 9 says, Instruct the wise, and he will be wiser still. Teach the righteous, and he will learn more. And so a, a characteristic of those who are wise is their desire for godly learning. And we must not be content to have zeal for God only without knowledge. Jesus himself said in Mark chapter 12, um, verse 29 and 30, The most important Command is, listen, O Israel, the Lord your God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, with all your mind, and with all your strength. And so we glorify God when we use our minds as well as our hearts to learn of Him, His ways, His word, and His world. And so, uh, if you would like to follow along with our study tonight, you can download those from our website, right underneath where you clicked for to access this live stream. You can also, uh, so there's notes there, fill in the blank notes. There's also some questions there for you to consider as we're going through and uh, and after. So if you would like to discuss with uh, maybe a friend or a family member, uh, so print that off and take note of that. So let's jump in and talking about journaling for the purpose of godliness. Journaling for the purpose of godliness. Journaling has a fascinating appeal with nearly all who hear about it. And one reason is that journaling blends the Bible and our daily living like the confluence of two great rivers as they come into one. It just makes sense as they come together. And so we're going to start off by talking about what a journaling is. Let's talk about the expl explanation of journaling. As a Christian, your journal is a place to document the works and the ways of God in your life. So your journal can include an account of daily events, 
uh, a record of personal relationships, uh, a notebook of insights about scripture, and or a list of uh, prayer requests. And spontaneous devotional thoughts or even lengthy theological musings can also be preserved in your journal. Uh, a journal is one of the best places for charting your progress in, in the other spiritual disciplines and for holding yourself accountable to your spiritual goals. So woven throughout this fabric of entries and events are the colorful strands of your reflections and your feelings about them. So how you respond to these matters and how you interpret them from your own spiritual perspective uh, expresses the heart of journaling. So the question arises, does a Christian have to keep a journal in order to be more like Christ? Well, the answer is no. There's nothing in Scripture that obligates the, the follower of Jesus to keep a journal. There's been countless followers throughout church history who have not kept a journal. There's been several that have and have come down to us and have been beneficial for us in learning and being edified by it. Uh, obviously, Jesus, we don't have any writings of Jesus himself, and so he doesn't model that for us. Uh, but we do see it, as, as I pointed out, in the scriptures as the book of Psalm and, uh, and the book of Lamentations. Uh, and so on the one hand, unlike prayer, the practice of, of journaling is certainly not a direct outgrowth of the gospel. But on the other hand, sometimes it's very similar to what has historically been called journaling uh, would be found in the scriptures. Uh, just as King David poured out his soul to God in the scrolls of the Psalms, and the prophet Jeremiah expressed to God the depth of his grief about the fall of Jerusalem in the book of Lamentations. And so uh, I will note, though, that uh, obviously any uh, believer who's writing today, their, their words are not divinely inspired. Uh, it's not something that God is going to... Uh, likely use as uh, scripture. Uh, I don't believe that there's any re more revelation to be had uh, that God has revealed all that he's going to until Christ returns. And so uh, this isn't, journals aren't a, a way of recording more scripture for us. It's just a, a way of us responding to God uh, in a way that helps us to fulfill our other disciplines. And so the examples of these men in writing their prayers, their meditations, their questions, and so on provide a scriptural validation for encouraging contemporary Christians to consider the value of doing the same in a journal, but at the same time not going to be divinely inspired scripture. So let's go ahead and jump in and talk about the, the value of journaling. Why should we do it? Uh, so keeping a journal not only promotes spiritual growth by means of its own virtues, but it is a valuable aid in many other aspects of the spiritual life, and so considering what journaling has to offer for us in these following areas. First of all, it helps in understanding ourselves and evaluating ourselves, and so one of the ways the progress uh, or decline of the inner man can be noted through journaling is by the observation of previously undetected patterns in your life. So you can look and go, man, I was praying a lot about uh, my financial situation, or I've been praying a lot about my, my family situation. Maybe I need to, to kind of break out of that, that spiritual rut and, and pray about some other things. And so when you review your journal entries for you know a month or, or six months or even a year, you can usually see yourself in the events that, uh, that you've been a part of more objectively. You can analyze your thoughts. You can analyze your actions. You can analyze your feelings that you had at that time. 
And so from that perspective, it's, it's easier to observe whether you've made some spiritual progress or maybe you, you've been backsliding in a particular area. Uh, there was a, a story that I read recently about a, a seminary professor that he, uh, he wanted to uh, try to work on all these areas uh, of his spiritual disciplines. And so he, he began working. He had charted it out to work on one thing every day for a month. And so he, he did really well on getting everything done every day of that month. But as he looked back at the end of the month and saw that he was doing really well in this area that he had recently practiced, but the things that he had practiced at the beginning of the month had fallen. And so that's a good example for us that we can see how we maybe have grown. Maybe we have uh, backslidden in particular areas. And so used appropriately, a journal can actually become a means of propelling us into action for others. The journal can be a mirror in which we see clearly our own attitudes, our own thoughts, our own words, and our own actions. And so since we're being held accountable uh, for each of these at the, at the time of judgment, when Christ returns, evaluating ourselves and evaluating our actions and our attitudes uh, by any means is a form of wisdom. They also provide help in meditation. Help in meditation. And I want us to look at Joshua chapter 1, verse 8. If you have your Bible, go ahead and turn there. And Joshua chapter 1, verse 8, and then we're going to look at Psalm chapter 1, verses 1 through 3. So Joshua 1, 8 and Psalm 1 through 3. If you don't have your copy of the scripture, uh, I will put those up on the, on the screen for you. Joshua 1 verse 8 says, This book of instruction must not depart from your mouth. You are to meditate it on meditate on it day and night so that you may carefully observe everything written in it. For then you will prosper and see, succeed in whatever you do. Likewise, Psalm chapter 1 says, How happy is the one who does not walk in the advice of the wicked or stand in the pathway with sinners or sit in the company of mockers, but instead his delight is in the Lord's instruction and he meditates on it day and night. He is like a tree planted beside flowing streams that bears fruit in its <clears throat> bears its fruit in its season, whose leaf does not wither. Whatever he does prospers. And so, meditation on Scripture, I think, is one of the greatest needs of most Christians. And we've talked about this already uh, in the past. Uh, however, meaningful meditation requires a concentration that's not often developed for us in our fast-paced and media-distracted society. Uh, and so the idea of, of sitting with a pen and paper uh, in hand as you're thinking and reading is not common. Uh, or the idea of having your, your fingers float above the keyboard uh, while you're waiting to hear a word from God with an expectation of hearing from God as you think about Him and you think about the, the words of His Scripture on the passages that you're studying. Uh, and so when you record in your journal your meditations on a passage of Scripture, you're focusing on the text better, and so you find it easier to to meditate. You find meditation to be more fruitful. And so it, it helps in meditation if we're going to keep a journal. And we'll talk about the different ways that we can do that uh, as we near to the end of this discussion. So help in meditation. There's also help in expressing your thoughts and your feelings to the Lord. A journal is a place where we can give expression to the fountain that flows from our heart, where we can unreservedly pour out our passion before the Lord. And so by slowing down and prompting us to think more deeply about God, 
Journaling helps us feel more deeply and more biblically about God. And so, for example, this week I, I've been thinking about the nuances of the idea of, of the Trinity and how that responds uh, to or correlates with Christ on the cross and, and God being separated from God and, and how does the Holy Spirit play into that. And so just in thinking about that more deeply and journaling about that uh, helps to uh, helps me to have a, a new way to express my thoughts and feelings to the Lord of, of how that, that certain act, uh, how I should respond to it. But it also has me meditating and thinking deeper on just the, the whole fact that God was separated from God in the, in the, the crucifixion. So further, it, it helps us remember the Lord's works. It helps us to remember the Lord's works. Many people think that God hasn't blessed them until it's time. They have to move to a new address. And so as, uh, as my parents are getting ready to move, as, as Kevin and Sherry have recently um, been in the process of moving and just going through all the stuff that we acquire, it, it's easy to see how much God has blessed uh, them. And, and Chelsea and I have done this numerous times, and we've had to get rid of stuff every time we've moved. And so it's just a great reminder of how God has worked in our lives. And, and a journal can work in much of the same way in that uh, we, we tend to forget how many times God has answered um, some specific prayers or maybe sometimes that he's made a, a timely provision or times that he's done some marvelous act in our lives. Uh, but having a place where we collect all these memories together uh, prevents us from forgetting them. And so it helps us in remembering the Lord's works. It also helps in creating and preserving a spiritual heritage. And I, I kind of spoke about this as we were opening up uh, about the, uh, the church leaders who have written in their diaries or their journals, and, and we still read those today, and we gain encouragement from those. We can gain uh, maybe some insight into Scripture from those or insight into circumstances uh, from those. And so that helps in creating and preserving a spiritual heritage uh, for those, but also it's an effective way of teaching the things of God to our children and our grandchildren and, and of transmitting our faith into the future, which we were commanded to do. Look at Deuteronomy chapter 6. Deuteronomy chapter 6 and verse 4. Listen, Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your strength. These words that I am giving you today are to be in your heart. Repeat them to your children Talk about them when you sit in your house and when you walk along the road and when you lie down and when you get up. Likewise, uh, Paul wrote to Timothy, I recall your sincere faith that first lived in your grandmother Lois and in your, your mother Eunice, and now I am convinced is in you also. And so there may be this unimaginable future spiritual impact in something that we write today. And I know that may seem kind of daunting, may seem kind of scary, it may... You may say, I don't want anybody to read my journal, uh, which is fine. Um, but there have been numerous Christian leaders who have left behind diaries and journals that we still study and still learn from today. And I know one thing that I would love to have is a copy of, of my grandparents' uh, spiritual journal or, or at least a copy of, of their testimony of, of what they were like before Christ and how they met Christ and then how he... Um, change their life after that. Uh, from I would love to have that from my grandparents and, and from my parents and, and be able to have 
that together in my library of this testimony of faith from those previous generations. And so maybe you can do that for your children, grandchildren, great-grandchildren as well. <clears throat> Having a journal also helps in clarifying and articulating insights into Scripture. And so I, I've discovered myself that if I write down the meditations of my personal Bible study, uh, they, they stay with me much longer than if I just read it and go on with life. If, if I think about it and I have to journal it out, uh, or I do journal it out, by the end of the day, I remember much more from my devotional time than why I do not do so. And so it can help me in, in remembering and clarifying and articulating what the Scripture is trying to say to me, and, uh, and then I remember that and can apply that better. Mentioned earlier, it also helps in monitoring goals and our priorities. Uh, a journal is a good way to keep before us that that we want to do and that that we want to emphasize. And so putting a, a list of goals and priorities in, in your journal and reviewing it daily is a big help. And so um, as I'm trying to learn uh, Greek this summer, I'm incorporating that into my, my journaling. And as I am I'm trying to intentionally uh, remember and emphasize the the idea that um, that God is three in one and, and the aspects of the Trinity. Uh, I'm trying to incorporate notes in my journaling that um, notes that that God the Father and God the Son and God the Spirit are involved in all of the aspects of which um, affect our human lives. And so, uh, just trying to remember to emphasize that um, in my notes is uh, has been. Um, very beneficial for me as well. <clears throat> I've already mentioned this, but I think it's probably the greatest one, is that it helps in maintaining the other spiritual disciplines. Um, so my journal is a place where I can re record my progress and the other spiritual disciplines, and so I can record the, the joys and the freedoms that I experience through the spiritual disciplines as a, another way of helping to maintain my involvement with them. I can record what I've read in Scripture and how God has spoken to me through it. I can record these prayer requests and see how God has come and answered those. <clears throat> I can record the uh, the times of, of meditating and deep thinking and, and reflect on those later. And so it helps to maintain these other spiritual disciplines that we've been speaking about. Uh, recording uh, when you've given your testimony, recording uh, when you shared Christ with someone else, it helps you to maintain your other spiritual disciplines when you have a record of it. And so it's a good to help in maintaining the other spiritual disciplines as well. And so uh, the, the Christian life is by definition a, a living thing. It's a life. And so if we think of it like this, uh, if we can think of the discipline of Bible intake, reading the scripture and meditating on it and thinking on it as digesting on it, to use this metaphor, uh, as food. And then prayer would be our, our breath as we breathe in and breathe out the, the Spirit of God uh, speaking with Him. Um, many Christians have made journaling the heart of their spiritual life. And so for, for many, it's like pumping the, the life-giving blood into every discipline that is connected with it. And so let's talk about some ways of journaling. What, what can we do? How should I journal? Well, here's the thing. Your way of keeping a journal is the right way. It, it, this is one of the instances where how you do it 
uh, doesn't particularly matter as long as you're doing it. And so there's, there's no rules for keeping a journal. Uh, so many Christians find the most practical approach to be uh, to use everyday notebook paper or even just common printer paper. Some may choose to have a, a spiral notebook and, that they keep up with and they write everything in. Uh, maybe others prefer a professionally bound journal. Personally, I, I have trouble because I like to uh, um, scribble and, and, and I mess up and so I, I want to rip those pages out and and uh, I, I don't want to do that out of that professional binding. And so uh, one thing that some have uh, encouraged, and I, I did this with my Hebrew class uh, that worked really well, is just having some loose-leaf paper and writing your, your journaling thoughts on that loose-leaf and then adding it into a folder or a binder uh, to keep up with it. Um, so a lot of people feel that um, writing by hand is uh, is better because it's uh, more spontaneous. It's a little bit uh, freer to be more expressive. Um, and some may prefer just to use a common uh, everyday ballpoint pen or, or even a pencil. While others, I know several professors around that prefer to use a, an old-fashioned fountain pen to make it uh, feel have a different feel to it. Uh, my personal... Um, I, I find the speed and the storage capabilities of, of recording digitally uh, work best for me, but I'm a very techy kind of person, and so uh, and I'm on a computer pretty much all day every day, and so um, having that available to me is uh, one of the easier ways I can store it in my in my Dropbox. And in fact, the the program that I used for uh, writing and researching for my sermons has uh, a program built into it or a feature built into it where I can uh, have a journal that links to the, my uh, preferred Bible pass or Bible version uh, in my my program and and so it links to the the scriptures so I can uh, either go in the journal and click on that scripture and it brings up the Bible or I can even sometimes if I have my settings the way that uh, to show it I can have that journal pulled up alongside just my my regular Bible reading um, it also has a, a prayer feature that I like that uh, I can just go in and type in and modify uh, pretty easily and then uh, once it's once it's uh, been answered I can check it and it shows that this prayer has been answered and so I have a whole section of answered prayers that um, is very encouraging to look at and so um, that's my primary way, but uh, for a couple of my classes, I did have to submit uh, a journal entry, and so I had a uh, just a Word document that was a running Word document for um, each week that I would keep up with the um, whatever was preached on Sundays, uh, whatever was preached in chapel, and then uh, personal study times uh, with the disciplines that I was working on, uh, scripture memory, um, prayer list, uh, what I got from my scripture reading that day, and then uh, as well as uh, uh, accountability with uh, other other brothers in Christ that I would uh, take note of and, and submit um, what we did in our accountability groups. So if you're interested in that format, I can send you what I've got. I can post it on the website uh, so you can see. Um, that if you're interested, just let me know, um, and I can post that so you can see it. Um, and so, I what I'm getting down to is 
the way that you journal, the format of your journaling, it doesn't particularly matter. The, what's more important is that you actually are in the process of journaling. And so let me give you this. As you, as you start each entry for every day, what you want to do is, is try to list a verse or a short passage or an, maybe even just an idea or a theme from your Bible reading that stuck out to you, that impressed you, that maybe you felt God was speaking to you about. Meditate on that for a few minutes and then record your thoughts and your insights. And from there, you can add recent events in your life um, and your, your feelings and responses to those. Uh, brief prayers, maybe some successes, maybe some failures, uh, maybe even some quotations that uh, go along with your thoughts on that. Or maybe just something that stuck out to you that you maybe read in a devotional or something that day. And, and so on. And so consider journaling not only as a, a way of raising up a monument uh, of God's faithfulness in your life, uh, but more importantly as, as a way that he's using to refine you and to uh, mold you and make you into uh, a greater Christ-likeness. Okay, so that's going to wrap up our journaling section. Let's jump real quick. I'm going to try not to be too long on this, but, but learning for the purpose of godliness. Romans Chapter 10, verse 2 says, I can testify about them that they have zeal for God, but not according to knowledge. Why is it that many Christians live as though they've been told, choose this day whom you will serve, scholarship or devotion? The reality is the more Christ-like we grow, the more we'll pursue both a full head and a full heart. And so the more we the more we will radiate both spiritual light and spiritual heat. Christians must realize that a fire cannot blaze without fuel, and, and in the same way, burning hearts are not kindled by brainless heads. We must not be content to be like those that the Bible is condemning here in Romans chapter 10. So does that mean we have to be brilliant to be Christians? Absolutely not. We don't, you don't have to be spectacularly brainy. You don't have to be spectacularly... Um, above average in intellect. Uh, but it does mean that if we're going to be like Jesus, we have to be learners, even as he was a learner. Even at the age of 12, in Luke chapter 2, it records when he was 12, after three days they found him in the temple. He had gone missing uh, from his family. They couldn't find him. They found him after three days of searching in the temple, sitting among the teachers, listening to them, and asking them questions as he was growing in spiritual and physical maturity. And so there's, there's a whole Christology issue there of, you know, it, was he, if he's God, how does he need to ask questions? Um, and if you have questions on that, I would love to speak to that with you. Um, but due to time's sake, we're not going to get into that. But the point being that as a human, he had to grow in knowledge. And so he did so by sitting among the teachers in the synagogue and learning. Uh, in fact, the, an examination of the New Testament word disciple reveals that it means not only to be a follower of Christ, but also to be a learner of Christ, to be one who is learning from Christ. In fact, the book of Proverbs chapter 10 says, "...the wise store up knowledge with the mouth of the fool hastens destruction." So we are to store up this knowledge... As if it were some great treasure. Wise men and women love to learn because they realize that knowledge is, in fact, a precious treasure. It is a, a wise person not only acquires language or acquires knowledge, but seeks knowledge. 
Proverbs 18.15, the mind of the discerning acquires knowledge and the ear of the wise seeks it. And so we're commanded in, in Proverbs 23 to apply yourself to discipline and listen to the words of knowledge. Apply yourself to discipline. We're talking about spiritual disciplines. We have to apply ourselves to the discipline, but we also have to listen to the words of knowledge. Oops, sorry. So no matter how much previous instruction you've received, no matter how extensive your knowledge is, especially your knowledge about God, about Christ, about the Bible, about the Christian life, and regardless of how intelligent or how slow you might consider yourself, you still need to apply your heart and your ear to learn because you haven't learned at all. And so make sure that we're being learners. And in doing so, we're fulfilling the great commandment. We're fulfilling the great commandment in learning. Listen to what Mark said, or what Jesus said in the book of Mark. Lord, love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind, and with all your strength. I already read that to you, but we're going to review it again. Uh, because part of, of the greatest commandment, according to Jesus, is to love the Lord your God with all your mind. One of the ways he wants us to show love and obedience to him is by godly learning. God is glorified when we use the mind that he's created within us for the purpose of learning more about him and to learn more about his ways and to learn more about his word and to learn more about his world. Do you know, uh, in the ancient times, well, not really even ancient times, just uh, olden times, I guess I should say, uh, the, the, the pastor of the, the local area was the, the scholar of the area. The, the church would come and, and even the rest of the community would come to the pastor because the pastor was trained and knowledgeable in various aspects, uh, scientific, uh, natural history, uh, all of it. Uh, but we've since fallen away from that. And unfortunately in our culture, Many Christians are viewed as unintelligent and unwilling to, to think. And I, I think there, there has been uh, some truth to that. We've uh, allowed the, uh, the, the second great awakening to dull our minds uh, and with this emphasis on emotion and the emotive aspect of, of our relationship with Christ rather than uh, on, on the deep thinking that was evident. Uh, with the uh, the reformers and the early church fathers, and so um, I, I think this is something that we as a church need to recover: is this idea that we uh, can think and we can think deeply and we can meditate and, and come up with um, new insights about God. Not not necessarily new in the sense of not um, understood before, but new for us. Uh, that we maybe haven't realized before and, and thought about before. And so we need to be thinking beings, not just uh, emotive beings, uh, but we need to combine the two and uh, our will together so that we can honor and glorify God with our whole life. And so unless we, we love God with a growing mind, we become Christian versions of the Samaritans. And we don't want that. Listen to what uh, Jesus said to them. You Samaritans worship what you do not know. We worship what we do know because salvation is from the Jews. We don't want to be charged with worshiping what we do not know. We want to 
do our best to worship God and to know God. So learning is essential for increased godliness. Learning is essential for increased godliness. Uh, the Christian life begins with learning. We, we learn the gospel. We, we learn that no one is, is made right with God unless he or she learns the gospel about him and his message to the world. We, we call this message good news or gospel. Uh, no one believes in Jesus or loves Jesus unless they have heard the story of Jesus and learned at least a little bit about him. And so, just as we cannot believe in and love him about whom we've learned nothing, so we cannot grow in our faith and love of him unless we learn more about him. And so, God's truth must be understood before it can be applied to our lives. The word of God must first go through our heads to reach our heart and our lives. And so, this is why the apostle wrote, Apostle Paul wrote in Romans chapter 12, Do not be conformed to this age, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, so that you may discern what is the good, pleasing, and perfect will of God. So Christ-like transformation of the heart and the transformation of the life, uh, what we call growing in godliness or Christ-likeness or, or sanctification, it involves this mental renewal that cannot happen without learning more about Christ and God. No one grows in Christ-likeness without a knowledge of it. And so they must know what Christ-likeness looks like, how to cultivate that, um, how, why it's necessary, and, and where it leads, and, and, and so on and so forth. If you know little about godliness, then you're going to grow little in godliness. Uh, to know requires learning. And so we learn um, by discipline and not by accident. We must not assume that we have learned true wisdom just by growing older. Gray hair is not necessarily a sign of wisdom. It can be, and it is to an extent, but is it true wisdom? Is it something that's um, reflecting the ways of God, or is it just reflecting the ways of the world? I noticed the observation that we find in Job chapter 32. It is not the old who are wise, nor the aged who understand what is right. Age and experience by themselves don't necessarily increase your spiritual maturity. Uh, becoming like Jesus doesn't happen incidentally. It doesn't happen automatically with the passing of birthdays. Uh, godliness requires a deliberate discipline. And the discipline of learning transforms accidental learners into intentional learners. And that's what we all need is to be intentional learners of God. So here's some ways you can do this. You can learn in a variety of ways, but let me give you just, uh, just a few that I've uh, thought up here. You can listen to recorded books, uh, audio books, if you are uh, someone who drives a lot or you're just working around the house. Uh, you can have the, instead of having the radio going, you can have an audio book going and you can use recorded books to learn and grow. Uh, you can also listen to audio or video recordings uh, from the internet, from a reputable minister. Uh, and so, you know, be careful in what you're listening to and watching. But uh, if it's someone who's reputable, you can do that. Same with uh, Bible teaching programs. You can uh, find plenty of those uh, online. If uh, you're connected with the church, you should have access to um, Faith Life TV. If you have um, connected to our, our Faith Life app, uh, we have Faith Life TV where you can watch uh, our sermons and uh, these studies, but you can also watch other Bible studies as well. So if you'd like more information about that, you can um, reach out to me and let me know. Um, 
You can use study guide for books when they're available. Uh, it's one thing to read the book. It's another to, um, to have a study guide that goes along with it and to really think about what um, aspects need to be drawn out of that. Um, you can also prepare good questions in order that when you're with spiritually mature uh, Christians that you can uh, ask about and think about. And so um, I know one thing that's been nice for me here at the seminary is to be able to, um, to reach out to professors and ask questions uh, that maybe I wasn't sure about or, or maybe I was been wrestling with. Um, but to have a, a meaningful dialogue on, on uh, what this means uh, with another spiritually mature Christian. And then, of course, reading, uh, reading the best books. Um, you can, um, a lifelong learner is someone who reads, and so you can always grow in um, knowledge by reading. But all, overall, we have to remember that learning isn't just for the sake of learning, but it has a goal, and that goal is becoming more like Christ, just as Jesus said in Matthew chapter 11. Come to me, all of you who are weary and burdened, I will give you rest. Take up my yoke and learn from me. Let me emphasize that again. Learn from me, because I am lowly and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. So as we're, as we're learning, we're studying Christ. We're, we're learning more about Christ and, and his creation and his acts and his person and learning to be more like him because he's going to grant us rest for our souls. Now there is a false or superficial knowledge that puffs us up. Paul wrote about this and now about food sacrifice to idols. We know that we all have knowledge. Knowledge puffs up, but love builds up. But that's not what we're searching for. We're not, we're not looking for knowledge just for the sake of knowledge. I'm not here at seminary just for the sake of having a piece of paper that says, look at how knowledgeable I am and, and having pride in that. Um, uh, not that I'm not going to have pride in completing that degree, uh, but um, it's not for the my own benefit, but it's for the benefit of those that I'm going to uh, be ministering to. And so uh, the same way we, we work in to gain knowledge so that we might display love to others. <clears throat> and so godly learning should lead to godly living. And so with that being said, uh, we're going to close and thank you for joining us for the study, joining me for this study. I, I've really enjoyed this study. Uh, continue to, to grow in, in knowledge uh, through the, the study of the word, through um, finding good devotionals, finding good commentaries, um, finding good resources, other lectures, uh, as you would be able to find. If you would like more resources, you can always uh, contact me, and I can try to point you or, or find some um, some good resources for you um, to grow in knowledge. Also, don't forget to be journaling, uh, and so we want to be able to grow in that way as well. <clears throat>